0: From the start of this college football playoffs, I thought Washington was going to win it all, and I still think they do. That and more today on the Charlie Jacobs Podcast. Today, I'm recording this. Happy New Year. It is January 2nd, Tuesday. I'm really excited to be back. I missed last week with the holiday break. I apologize for that. But anyways, I am so happy to be back. And as I said in the opening, I think Washington is going to beat Michigan I think Washington, it's their year, there's something going on in Washington, there's something going on with the Huskies, and I just think it's their national championship for the taking. Before the playoffs started, as I mentioned, I thought Washington was going to win it all. As these past few games, especially not even just against Texas, but their games against Oregon, Washington State, when they played Oregon State, All these games were coming down to the wire, yet Washington still figured out a way to win, and they still figured out a way to pull off these victories in crunch time, in the clutch time, and they look really good, and they look very strong, and their defense has been coming up big. There were some plays against Oregon where their defense came up big. Their defense is led by Braylon Trice right now. He has had an amazing season up to this point, and in the playoffs... Yesterday, when they beat Texas, he had two sacks along with the force fumble, and he really helped that team. He really helped those Huskies. Also, Dylan Johnson, I hope he's okay. I saw he got carded off at the end of that game. I hope he's okay, but he's been great lately since the start of November. Washington, they were very pass-heavy before, but now they're more 50-50, especially because of how Johnson has been playing, and... Speaking of pass-heavy, Washington has three receivers who are going to be drafted in the first few rounds. Odunze is a sure-fired first-round pick, unless there's an injury. And then you have McMillan and Polk, who are both probably going to be day two picks or early day three. McMillan, if he was healthy this whole season, Washington could have been even better. And the fact that he's back now and the fact that they're all playing like this. Also, their tight end was playing well. Westover, he had a really good game against Texas. I'm loving the Washington. I'm really all over the bandwagon. I'm really enjoying watching it. And as I kind of mentioned, they play to their opponents a lot. It's kind of like when you look at the NFL, you look at the Bills, and there's some games where the Bills shouldn't be in close games. Like when they played the Chargers, it should not have been a close game. It felt like the Bills should have destroyed them. But... It's a close game. It that's what I kind of feel like with Washington. It's this team that plays down to their opponent or plays up to their opponent, but even with that, they still find ways to either they still find ways to either win or just to be competitive and whether that's good or bad for them when they play Michigan, I think it'll benefit them. And the one thing though, that does worry me a little bit is because McCarthy, he did look okay. And the offensive line of Michigan is awesome, along with their defensive line. Blake Horam was incredible. And yeah, speaking of Michigan's D-line too, their defense controlled the game when Michigan played Alabama. Saban got out coached. That might be the first time you could say that in his college football career. Yes, there may have been some times when he played Georgia, but still, Saban got outcoached in this game, and it was very obvious through all four quarters and into overtime. The Michigan D-line was destroying Milrow all night. They were destroying that Alabama offensive line all night, and the Alabama offense, it just didn't really feel like what you'd expect out of them. I mean, when I think of an Alabama offense, I think back to the National Championship days, and I even think back to earlier in this year when they beat Georgia, and their offense was really, really good in that game, and it just wasn't there today, and the blame has to go on Saban. It really does. Saban lost the game, and he got out coached. and also, I do want to say, though, Blake Coram was incredible in overtime on his touchdown. He had a jump cut where, if he doesn't make that cut, he's getting tackled for loss, and with that one cut, he ended up scoring a touchdown, and that's why Michigan won the game. It was incredible to watch, and... I'm very much rooting against Michigan in the national championship. I'm rooting for Washington. Speaking of Washington, again, Michael Penix, in that game against Texas, his deep ball was so on point. Every time he threw it, he had some other passes that weren't as deep, but his throws are just so perfect. He's such great touch on the ball, and he's just boosting his draft stock. There was always concerns with Penix because of his time in Indiana with all the injuries, but now I feel like NFL scouts are looking at him and seeing that he can really play in these big games when it matters most and when the lights are brightest, and he showed that he could do it. Maybe he even gets himself into a definitive first-round spot. Maybe not because of the injury history, but still, Penix has been incredible. And I know I mentioned it before, Washington's talent at wide receiver is so far and beyond I think the best in college football they have three receivers who are all going to get drafted this year and their top receiver is such a great prospect and he's such a great receiver I love Odunze also I know I mentioned it again but Braylon Trice has been great for Washington recently and speaking of Texas they almost pulled off the last second win but the throw is a little bit too high to Adonai Mitchell if it hits him in the chest maybe it's a different story. But that whole game, Washington outplayed Texas. They really did. And I was loving watching it. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not a fan of Texas. But I'm just really rooting for Washington in these playoffs. And I'm really happy they won. Now, on the NFL. What is wrong with the Eagles? There's something very wrong with the Eagles. It's so bad with what's happening. They started the season 10-1. and And since then... They've only won one game. It's embarrassing for Sirianni, especially to get coached by his own staff member on a team that could possibly have the number two pick in the draft if it's not for them winning this game. I mean, the Cardinals, they ran the ball all over the Eagles. They really outplayed the Eagles. And one of the Eagles touchdowns was a 99-yard pick six. So the Eagles offense wasn't anything special. They really need to figure it out fast, especially with the playoffs coming after this Week 18 coming up. Their defense is not the same as it was last year. Their quarterback play is not the same. Their D-line is just not getting the same amount of pressure. Hassan Reddick was one of the best pass rushers in the league last year, and now he isn't really doing as much. You don't see him making as much of an impact on the game, and it's crazy to see that one-year drop-off. And their offense just has not been as explosive as it was earlier in the year. A.J. Brown has not been playing as well. Devontae Smith just sprained his ankle. It looks like he's going to be okay. But still, there's so many concerns with that Eagles offense right now, along with the defense. Now for one of of my most favorite things I've done since I started in Week 1, the three-sack club. So I missed Week 16. So in the three-sack club now is... Christian Barmore of the Patriots, and Malcolm Koontz of the Raiders. That Raiders game that was against the Chiefs, where you could really see his impact. Koontz has been awesome lately, and he had a big game against the Chiefs there. Now the Raiders are eliminated from playoff contention, though. Now onto Week 17, you have Lions defensive end Aiden Hutchinson making the list, and this guy, the MVP of this list, for the third time this season, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars is back on the three sack list. Just wow. I don't know. I've been keeping track of this all season. And it's so cool to see this guy's name pop up three times. And I think I even mentioned it once for having two and a half sacks. So that's cool. Anyway, moving on. Baltimore. The spotlight is on the Ravens. They've had some amazing wins. They destroyed the Dolphins. They crushed the 49ers. They've had some huge wins. Lamar is going to win MVP this season. And the big thing with Lamar is he hasn't delivered in the playoffs. He's under a lot of pressure. He's going to win a second MVP, but he only has had one playoff win as a starter. And that's not going to cut it in the AFC with how wide open it could be this year if the Ravens don't end up winning. You still have the Bills. You still even have the Browns. You have the Dolphins if they overcome their injuries. You still have the Chiefs. You never know. Or you have maybe a team like the Texans who get red hot and CJ Stroud leads them. But I'll actually talk about that in a little bit. Anyways, the Ravens right now are the best team in the AFC. They are the best team in the league, but they need to show they can do it in the playoffs. And as I said a little bit, they do have some competition. And that's where the red hot Buffalo Bills come into play. The Bills, if they beat the Dolphins, will win the AFC East. But if they lose, there's a chance that they don't make the playoffs at all. If both the Steelers and if the Jaguars win, along with the Texans-Colts game not ending in a tie, the Bills would miss out if they lose. So for the Bills, it's win it in, And if they lose, they might not make it, which is kind of crazy. So the Bills, they've been so hot lately. But some of their wins have not been the prettiest. They did not have a really good win against the Chargers. And they last week, this past week against the Patriots, their win, it wasn't really anything impressive. Josh Allen, he's just, he looks good, but he doesn't look like Josh Allen, the guy who could come down and be clutch player. But still just the Bills, they're playing so well lately. Their defense has been amazing. Now they just got back to Quan Jones, who was I thought earlier in the year was going to be done for them when they lost him with Milano and Trey White, but he's back. And also trading for Rasul Douglas at the trade deadline has been the best trade of this uh, of this uh, trade deadline this NFL season. He's been incredible for them. He had a pick six this past week, and he's been locked out. He's been great in filling that role that Trey White left after tearing his Achilles. And I also just think, as a, if I'm a team in the AFC, and I'm playing the Bills in the playoffs, I would not be comfortable at all. I would not look at what they, what happened to them earlier in the season, because this is a different Bills team. They found a way to run the ball, too. James Cook has been great lately, and I would be very scared to play the Bills. However, in my opinion, there's another team I would be even more scared to play because of their defense, and that's Cleveland. Before I talk about the defense, I want to talk about Joe Flacco. But as I said with Buffalo, I would not want to play the Browns in the playoffs. And yeah, Flacco, it's so impressive. It's so incredible to watch him. He was off his couch, and he's the fourth starting quarterback of the Browns this season. And he's been the best, and he's been the best by far. He's taken the league by storm, and it's kind of funny with what he's doing right now. You look back to when the Ravens won the Super Bowl with him, when they beat the Niners in 2012 in that season. And in December, the Ravens were heating up. Flacco was really heating up and they were led by the best defense in the league. Right now, you could say Joe Flacco in 2023. Now it's actually 2024. But Flacco is heating up and they are led by the best defense in the league. Flacco, he's just been playing amazing. It doesn't make sense. There's some plays where he's been scrambling, and you don't really expect Joe Flacco to do that, especially at this age. And last year, the year before, when he would have these spot starts because of injuries and all different scenarios that he would have to play, he did not look good. It's so incredible to see, and he has such a great connection with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's been having an amazing year, and with Flacco, it's been been great. David Njoku has been amazing with Flacco. He's had some of his best career games with Flacco. And Flacco's only been the quarterback for just a couple games with them. And Flacco also, just to add even more, to glaze him even more, he just had a 300-yard passing game and along with three touchdowns against what is considered to be one of the top top pass defenses in the league in the New York Jets. Just wow. But now, what I love about the Browns is their defense. Their defense has been the best all season and it's up there even with I would what I would say some of the best defenses in NFL history, especially because Miles Garrett is the one leading the charge. He's probably going to win defensive player of the year. He's had such an incredible season and he is so dominant and he's such a scary player if you're the opposing quarterback to know that Miles Garrett is coming to rush you and coming to sack you. he's the, I think he's the best defensive player in the league. Earlier this season, I would say otherwise, but right now, Miles Garrett is playing as the best defensive player in the league. You can even say Miles Garrett is the best player in the league right now. He's playing that well, and also to go along with Miles Garrett, the Browns have two lockdown corners in Denzel Ward and Greg Newsome, which is even more. And the Browns, they've just this whole season with all the losses they've had on the offensive line, on the defensive line, losing Nick Chubb with their whole quarterback situation to still be in a position where they're probably going to get the five seed in the AFC when they have the team who has the MVP and is winning the division above them. It's just incredible to see. And I'm really rooting for the Browns. I hope that they win. It's a really fun story. And also, just to add even more... They're one of three teams in the league who have beaten the Ravens, and they're also one of four teams who have beaten the 49ers. Both the Ravens and the Niners in their conferences are the one seeds, and the Browns beat both of them. Yes, it was earlier in the season, and the Ravens did beat the Browns once, but still, the Ravens have beat so many good teams this year, and they lost to the Browns as one of their three losses, and the Browns are going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to be a tough team to play. and to add even more, I know I keep saying this. Stefanski, he's gonna win Coach of the Year. He's been the best coach all season. The way he's managed these injuries and Stefanski, a couple of years ago he won Coach of the Year. And if you look back, Baker almost beat the Chiefs in that divisional round where Chad Henne had that mir- miraculous play on fourth and one. But he's been in situations like this before. Stefanski, he's been in the playoffs. He has the experience and. It's just crazy to think that this team is in such a great position right now to make a deep playoff run, even with all the injuries they've had. I'm done talking about the AFC now, moving on to the NFC. I think a team I would not want to play in the NFC right now is the Los Angeles Rams. They did not have a great performance against the Giants in which they won this past week only by one point, but still... The Rams have been very good, and they've been a really tough team to play lately. Their offense is amazing. You could look at their receiving core and say it's up there with the best in the league. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, they're a great receiving duo. Kyron Williams has been one of the best running backs in the league, and even with missing time due to injury, when he came back, he took the league again by storm. He's been awesome this season, and Stafford is playing some of the best football in his career. Just to think about how much the Rams have given up with trades and how they haven't had first-round picks, yet they're still hitting on all of these draft picks. This year for them was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but now it's a year where they could possibly make a playoff run. They could possibly even make it back to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Because this team has been really good lately, and they've been very hot. They've been beating some teams. They've been beating teams pretty convincingly, and they even almost beat the Ravens, which is... When you say with teams beating the Ravens, the Ravens are 13-3. The Rams lost to them on a last-second punt return touchdown by the Ravens. But still, the Rams have just been so good. Stafford is playing so good. They found a gem in Puga Nakua. And I think this team, they're feisty. They have the playoff experience. They have the Super Bowl experience. McVeigh has the experience. And they're a tough team to play in the playoffs, especially since home field does not really matter for them. Moving on to something different sport. I'm moving on to basketball. I'm a huge Knicks fan. And when I saw the news that R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly were traded to the Raptors for OG Anunobi, I was definitely shocked. Now, though, they just beat the Timberwolves yesterday. They beat them by six. Timberwolves, you could say, are maybe even the best team in the league right now. The Knicks beat them. OG was awesome. He was a plus 19 on the night, 17 points in his debut, and... I actually am pretty happy to have him. I think the Knicks are a little bit better than they were before now because RJ, you get rid of that contract quickly. You get rid of him, even though he's been awesome. He's very ball dominant, and that's really what Brunson is. So the fact that you have this piece with OG, who's a great defender. He's a very proven player, and he could guard almost anyone in the league at a high level. He can guard players like Steph Curry, but then he can also go and guard someone like Joel Embiid. He's a big, small forward, he's tall, he's a big guy, and I'm really excited to have him on this team. The Knicks, also in the trade, got Precious Achua, who I actually am very happy to have, especially considering Mitchell Robinson is hurt and his time timeline to come back is a little bit unsure, and Achua can play that backup five role, backup four, and I'm happy that he's on the team. He's a solid player, he didn't score anything last night, but still, I am happy to have him. And yeah, as I said, giving up quickly really stings, but it does let Brunson run more of the offense, especially late in the game. And as I said, the trade got rid of RJ's contract after he's been very disappointing for the first five seasons. And also, I think the biggest thing, this move gives the Knicks more opportunities to make even more moves and improve the team so they can be contenders because the three top teams in the East, I don't think the Knicks are going to be able to beat them unless they make another move i think yeah they got they definitely got better with this trade they still need to make more moves they need to make at least one more move maybe even multiple and i'm just throwing this out there i don't know if it'll happen but i think it would be awesome if the knicks could find a way to trade for desmond bain because that starting five with Bane, and then you get mitchell robinson back it would be lethal now for this week's jacobs jugular This is a big one for me. I think the Chiefs will be a first-round exit in the playoffs this year. I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's kind of obvious. But still, the Chiefs in the playoffs, you don't bet against the Chiefs in the playoffs. This year, I do not think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to win a game in the playoffs. Their body language has been awful. Mahomes has been complaining. I lost a little bit of respect for him starting from when he was complaining about the refs after they lost to the Bills. And since then, Mahomes' body language has been bad. He's been yelling at his coaches. They did just win this past week, but still, overall, it's not a great look for them. Also, Travis Kelsey is not the same player as he was last year. A huge thing for the Chiefs, which is why they were so successful. Even when they didn't have Tyreek Hill last year and won the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey would draw double teams. And now, this year, he's not drawing as many double teams. Kelsey's not as fast, he doesn't seem as like strong, and he doesn't seem as impactful as he was last year. I'm not saying he's a bad player, he just isn't as good. He's lost a step, and now opposing defenses don't really have to double team him, and now they can start to cover more of the receivers that they would have to either leave open or play zones around because of Kelsey being on the field. And that's probably a huge reason why the Chiefs have been struggling so much passing the ball this year. Their run game did look good this, this week against the Bengals, but they also almost lost that game. The Bengals almost led a last-second drive to get into overtime. But still, I mean, the Chiefs, it's really hard to bet against them. But a big thing with it is that Kelsey last year was drawing double teams, and this year he's not. So... It adds a whole other dimension for the Chiefs to have to figure out because they've been so used to Kelsey drawing these double teams and that helps their offense overall. This year, though, it just feels like another AFC team that's not the Chiefs is going to make it to the Super Bowl. You have the Ravens. You have the Bills, even. You have the Dolphins if they can get over all these injuries. They just lost Bradley Chubb, which is really bad for them. But still, if they can find a way to get over these injuries, get Jalen Waddell back. That could be big for them. The Browns, their defense is amazing. Or what I'd even say is the Texans, because who knows if they beat the Colts and then they would be in the playoffs, they could have a crazy playoff run like the 07 Giants. Who knows? Because CJ Stroud has been awesome. He just came back this past week after his concussion, and immediately he was balling. He's been playing great. And just, just to end it off, the Chiefs have been struggling all year. And at this point, it does seem way too late to fix it especially if they want to try to beat some of these teams in the AFC. But that's it for this week. Happy New Year again to everyone. I hope you enjoyed. I'll be back next week for some recap of Week 18, my recap of the college football national championship. Let's go Huskies. And then also to talk about the NFL playoffs. Thank you.